space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Please let me know what you think, because I have not bothered with it at all. I, I have had to basically divorce myself from Star Wars, and it's kind of oh, irritating me. Well, it's the toxic fans. It's They're making... They seem to be trying to make it more like the Avengers, which pisses me off. It's not the Avengers, it's Star Wars. Star make Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, make Star Wars. The first season of The Mandalorian was incredible and tiny and self-contained and barely referenced... The rest of Star Wars. And then in season two, it's like, we're putting in too much Star Wars. You don't get Ashoka Tano, you don't... And Boba Fett, and Bo-Katan, and Luke Skywalker. Pick one. Just mm. pick one per season. And scale it back. You made a spooky little weird western with The Mandalorian season one, and whatever. Um, it doesn't help that, uh, apparently, this isn't really much of a spoiler, but Luke Skywalker shows up in the book of Boba Fett, and he is a digital recreation of, like, a 1985 Mark Hamill. Oh, really? And they don't have Mark Hamill doing the motion for it, like the motion capture. They don't have Mark Hamill doing the voice. They fed a bunch of Mark Hamill's audiobooks and performances from, like, 1985, that era, into an AI and wholesale out of nothing created a full fake AI performance, which is terrifying to me for multiple reasons. The least of which is not the fact that now you can essentially, if you have a person's voice and a person's face, you can now deep fake them into looking like they're committing whatever crime you want. You won't, uh, well, you won't need the actors anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that pisses me off beyond recognition. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to try and get you a little higher up in the register there because I have no issue projecting. If you could just speak at the big fuzzball. Speak at the fuzzball. That's perfect. I'm speaking okay. at the fuzzball. Cool. So, Dad, this week we watched Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> what, so, what has been your experience with Star Trek before this movie? Because, like, good question. Early good question. on in the podcast, we watched Galaxy Quest, and of course, Galaxy <laughs> Quest is spoofing yeah. mostly the original Star yeah. Trek series, right. and the original movies and stuff, especially like Shatner and whatnot. Um, well, I saw, I watched Star Trek in the '60s when the episodes came out right yeah exactly uh, I'm gonna pull it, that up just so I have it on it hand. was uh, great very popular well you know maybe maybe nerds maybe watched it more than just just the general public but um, it was really cool 
really different, yeah. really exciting, really, in my teenage mind, well done. <clears throat> okay. Uh, very entertaining. Loved it. Never missed an episode. That was back, really that was back in the day when that's great when uh, you had to watch the episode. Yeah, or you had to wait till summer when the reruns came. Yeah, CBS All Access wasn't dropping them on uh, yeah. online you, in 1966. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't binge it, uh, none, and you couldn't record it. Uh, it, it was <clears throat> you watched the show, and or you didn't. You you got it or you missed it. Yeah, exactly. And that was fun. Fun, um, fun show. So the show ran for three seasons starting in... Oh, boy, I keep blowing out my own levels. I'm going to push this closer to you. Okay. Oh, this is going to be some horrific audio as I move the microphone around. Hi, Fuzzy. So I, I apologize. <clears throat> there we go. Um, yeah, we, we I've, I've been recording all of the episodes. Uh, keen-eared listeners will probably notice that the recording quality has dipped a little bit just because we're doing this off of a little handheld zoom recorder uh so i don't have to set up the multiple microphones and my ancient slowly dying laptop uh anymore so this is uh, uh super convenient for us maybe not the best audio experience for y'all i have to work a little harder on balancing that out but okay so the series started off in 1966 ran for three seasons that's all that's that's it it seemed like it ran for like I, yeah well it's 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 one of those cultural things i think we've talked about this before like perfect example george of the jungle mm -hmm. george of the jungle everybody knows or like maybe not these younger generations but like certainly like millennials and before <clears throat> right. know george of the jungle because those things played on repeat Forever, the Adams Family, Star Trek. George, there's George, George, exactly. Watch out for that tree. There's only 13 episodes of George of the Jungle. Total. What? Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Right, but they just ran on repeat, so it just became part of the culture. Like they certainly weren't making more Flintstones in the early 1990s. That's true. But I certainly saw so many Flintstones because so many of these shows just played on repeat. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, thanks to the sheer diversity of channels, you've got basically a channel that's dedicated just to SpongeBob SquarePants. Essentially. <laughs> of so course. Ain't nobody really playing the Flintstones anymore. It should be a network to SpongeBob. Pretty much, it should yeah. should be a universe to SpongeBob. So, and, and at start... least a galaxy to SpongeBob. <laughs> and uh, I think it's in its 22nd season. Wow. I know. Like, Simpsons is like 32, 33 at this point. Which is just absurd to me. Um, and people will, of course, debate the quality and whatnot. But Star Trek ran for the three seasons. Uh, it, it was like constantly on the verge of being canceled by the network, uh, CBS, I want to say. And um, letter writing campaigns from, uh, from all over helped keep the show on the air. And then after it was canceled, like, there was an animated series in which most of the cast returned to yeah, voice I, the, the, uh, the characters. I, and... I didn't do any of the animated stuff. Fair by then, By then, I was uh, in my late teens uh, in high school and, uh, you know, on to uh, uh, yeah. a, a gr uh, girls' beer <laughs> and pot. Some people never got out of the Star Trek phase. Okay. Some people, like myself, have cheerfully combined Star Trek Beer and pot and <laughs> girls. Oh, we've got a dog and some tin cans. Oh, good. Um, Take it easy, guys. Uh, uh, so the show is canceled, like 1969, 1970, and it, it the animated series happens. It kind of lays weirdly dormant, but like 
still part of the public consciousness. The live long and prosper, the uniforms. It's yeah. an easy thing to reference. Like, even on the earlier episodes of um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Like, you remember the sketch Jim Belushi plays... Uh, John oh. Belushi, not Jim Belushi. John Belushi, John Belushi plays, plays uh, Kirk yeah, or Shatner. Shatner. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, and he great job, great too. job. Yeah. yeah, but then so that I watched right exactly. And then in 1977, something happens. Star Wars comes out. Right. And I read years back, got to be like 20 years ago at this point, but years back I found a used copy of Leonard Nimoy's second or third memoir, which was titled I Am Spock. And it was mostly focused around his connection to the character and how much he loved the character of Spock. And he says that he's sitting in the theater watching Star Wars and he's watching the Millennium Falcon take off and the Death Star explode and all that stuff. And he's just thinking to himself, himself we're going to make a Star Trek movie. This is <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, uh, and then, uh, so they make Star Trek the motion picture. It comes out in 1979. It is slow. It is glacial. It costs too much money. Nobody really likes it. So Star Trek is at risk again, and they contact a few different people. They backburner the creator, Gene Roddenberry, who was the wow. guy that insisted that it be slow and stately and, and, mm -hmm. and intellectual. They grab a director who's more known for, like, Horatio Hornblower type stuff. Uh, uh, the big C epics, yep. and he turns it into uh, uh, essentially he writes a script that is more like naval combat focused, and they come out with this, The Wrath of Khan in '82, and it's a huge hit. It's one of the oh boy, oh that's brutal on the microphone. Oh good. Well, we are at Dog Doghouse Studios. Oh, okay, I'm gonna turn that down. That's brutal. Good Lord in heaven. Okay. There, a human being existed within 40 feet, uh, sorry, 40 yards of the house. Therefore, the audio must be destroyed. Good, 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 good. And one of the key elements of this movie is they pull from the original series a character, Khan <clears throat> Noonan Singh. Um, he appeared in, I want to say, the second season episode, Space Seed, in which the Enterprise stumbles upon a ship floating in space that contains a mess of genetically engineered super people from... And I love this. It's established in the episode that in the mid to late 1990s, uh, the Earth underwent went through what is called the Eugenics War where regular humans had to fight against these genetically modified super beings who cool. were super strong, super intelligent. They beat them, exiled them to, to be cryogenically frozen in space. The Enterprise stumbles on them uh, 300 years later, and they have to punch Kirk. And it's great. So they pull Khan, they get back the original actor, um, Ricardo Montalban, who is a Mexican actor who is playing... A dude with a very Indian name, Khan Noonan Singh. Yeah. In the is... in the original episode Space Seed, he is caked in brown makeup. And oh, it is wow. awkward. Yeah. But by this time, fifteen wow. years later, like he's uh uh got this great gray hair. He's built like a linebacker, he's got that amazing pectoral, like that's real. That's all mm -hmm. that's all Ricardo Montalban. And it just turns into 
Shatner versus Montalban, like the yes. Battle of the Hands. Yes. Did you have a favorite part of this movie or a favorite character? Well, or like... first of all, uh, okay, growing growing up with Star Wars, oh, it was great. Right. But you know, I wasn't a Trek. I, I wasn't any. Oh, sorry, mm. Star Trek. Um, uh, it, I wasn't a critic at, at that point in time. Sure. And apparently, now I'm a, <clears throat> a highly sought after critic, um, <laughs> and not but not for my critical reasons. <laughs> anyway, um, they, it was the movie was so corny, <laughs> so hokey. Mm-hmm. I mean, the acting was so. Blah. It was. It was, it was on blah. It was. It was like. It. It was like a high school play. I. I do believe that, especially it when was, you've got Shatner going full throttle, he's in like camp mode. It would. But the other guy. Okay, and we both laughed mm-hmm. like oh, crazy yeah. oh, at Chekhov. Oh my God! There was a he bit- was. Oh, by the way, Chekhov. I think he's like three and a half feet tall or something. He's really a tiny guy. Chekhov is like introduced in the later seasons of the original show. Um, in fact, there's a running gag. He hasn't been introduced as a character by the time Spacey comes out. So he's not in the con episode of the original series. Okay. And it's like the linchpin plot point of this movie that, that, that Chekhov recognizes Con, there is a running gag that the actor has told where it's like, we've just kind of retconned this in their heads, our heads, where like Chekhov was using like the Enterprise's like one good toilet and like Khan really had to go. So he like stumbled into the bathroom and and Chekhov was trying, you know, he was he was busy in there. So Khan swore revenge against Chekhov, Uh, which I quite like that bonkers little story. But um Chekhov was introduced a little later in the series, and he was modeled after the Beatles. They were trying to get a bit more of a younger audience. So by the time 1982 rolls around, he still has to have the mop-top haircut. Yeah, he did. Which is delightful. (laughs) And does not work on an older Chekhov at all. (laughs) No, um, but it was so hammy. I mean, it was entertaining. I I did enjoy the film. I Mm -hmm. liked watching it. Um, Good, good. um, But the... It was so hammy, and oh, and and then the special effects. Oh my mm. god! Uh, everybody's now probably familiar with uh, all the Facebook uh, posts. So um, here's here's the action when when the ship gets hit on the right. Everybody leans left uh, <laughs> or right or whatever. And, you know, the ship gets hit in the back. They all fall forward or something. Uh, and you can see him doing that on the um, command deck, whatever that's the bridge called. of the, the bridge, Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, we oh. went to. Um, uh, Washington D.C. in the Air and Space Museum. Oh my God! This was when I was like five or six or sat, something. We sat on the uh, Star Trek um, Command Center mm-hmm. on the bridge, um, and it was so funny because it was plywood, yeah, and some toggle switches, yeah. and red and green lights. Yeah, yeah. the The art direction in the original series is kind of fantastic because they like really make the most of their bare minimum budget. Yep. They do a lot with like spotlights and fill lights and, and colored filters and stuff like that to make yeah. it seem like a bigger space. Yeah, it was uh, uh, plywood with some uh, foam cushions uh, and painted whatever it was, it, gray or black or something. The episodes are only like 40 minutes long. It might be worth it to like pick out a handful of original series episodes and watch a few of them <laughs> in place of a movie sometime. Yeah. Um, 
because because some of that some of them are just weird. Yeah, and of course, like you know, they don't have uh, in the uh, in the next generation they introduce the concept of the hollow deck. Where you can, like, the people on the Enterprise can go for, like, recreation and, like, go to, like, a 1940s dive bar or something like that. In the original series, they don't have that idea. So, in order to tell certain stories, they have, they have to wind up on a planet where the alien population is very humanoid and are all Nazis. Yes. <gasps> yeah, it's yeah, they had the Nazis very bonkers. Yep, the 40s episodes, stuff like that. So, <clears throat> anyway, the, the special effects... And then something would blow up and there'd be this white sp uh, smoke and some sparks flying out. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a, a nuclear torpedo or something. And you get this poof of smoke and yep. stuff. I mean, it was it was so hokey. <laughs> so hokey. But entertaining. It was fun it was, to watch. It, it, you've got to tune your brainwaves to, like, the right level. It's like... Yeah. like I've I've said this a few times on other podcasts, but, like, my favorite movies of last year were... Uh, the Matrix Resurrections and Godzilla vs. Kong, which are two just diametrically opposed right. <clears throat> intellectual properties. But, you know, you get on the brainwave of The Matrix and you're able to, like, dig so many layers in. And then you're able to just retune your brain and it's like, oh, the big monkey punched the big lizard. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's great. Um, the, this, uh, so, oh, and then on the uh, Khan's ship... Uh, it's, what, 300 years in the future? Uh, the 23rd century. 23rd, okay. I forget the exact year. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, those star date numbers, that, that's, that's mm -hmm. bull crap. I can't believe they mean, you know, it was always uh, 6.96543 or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but on, on Khan's ship, they're using, uh, like, ladders to go up and down. And, yeah, and like, we, and, we, like, this is the freaking 300 years in the, you know and they're still using toggle switches well, I, I mentioned during while we were watching the this the, the movie um i always really love like when they make a new star wars movie these days they're still based in the technology right. that was established in 1977 so nobody has like cell phones or right. anything. it's like a walkie-talkie sort of yes. thing and with star trek specifically because there's been so much star trek since 1966 like what well, seven or eight different series and i okay. want to say 14 or 15 movies at this point and all sorts of other stuff the concept of star trek in general is that it's supposed to be like a utopian society okay um and they can only make a utopian society based on what they can imagine at the time. So in like the 60s, it was revolutionary that a black person and a Jewish person and um, uh, 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 Asian? A, a Russian and an Russian Asian would an all Asian? be working together who's, on the bridge. Who's of the a, Jewish person? Uh, I want to say that's both Shatner and Nimoy. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nimoy was Vulcan, so... Half well, the, the, the grand okay. joke for... for, for um, for, for, for Nimoy, um, the Live Long and Prosper hand signal is actually based on, he was at, I want to say like a Rosh Hashanah service <laughs> or something like that, and as a small child, and there's a bit apparently where you're supposed to keep your eyes shut, where everybody's like feeling the power of God, okay. and he, you know, he's a little kid, he sneakily, you know, peeks at the rabbis and stuff, and as they are feeling the spirit of God, they're all making that exact hand gesture. Okay. So, Nimoy wholesale stole it 
from okay. rabbis, which I love that story. Should have been a big kick for the Jewish population. Oh, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I also love the um, the weird uh, aesthetic of, like, everybody has, like, the pointed sideburns yes. in the future. Yes. I love future weird fashion yes. choices like yeah. that. And, of course, the tunic tops, you know. Oh, with my the, God, with yeah. With the tinfoil uh, badges on and stuff. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. So, so uh, hokey, uh, entertaining, mm-hmm. Chekhov uh, was just insane i mean he, he, sh- <laughs> he should he should definitely win the actor of the act uh, some kind of an award for his performance there's a scene where he's just like a lot of expositional dialogue is happening and like these are long takes they're not like quick cutting back and forth and Chekhov is just thousand yards staring yes. just past the camera yes. immobile for yes. about a minute and a yeah, half yeah and you wonder like is is he alive or, or like is this just a, <laughs> a, 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 a dummy or something you know? yeah yeah they made a lifelike Chekhov dummy so for the sequence uh, Khan Khan Ricardo Montalban yes um, gray hair and and the, the, the style of his gray hair and everything think Maud Maud, the picture of Maud, the character in um, Golden Girls. I'm gonna have to pull that up. I'm not I'm okay. really familiar right. with Golden Girls. <clears throat> well, but there's okay. some some recent, uh, well, a uh, couple decades pop culture that maybe you're not familiar with. But that's what it's he also re- really hard for me to get into sitcoms. That's so, who yeah. he reminded me of. Honest to goodness. Oh my God, I see it. Okay, yeah. okay. okay, with okay. the gray hair and the. She face. got the gray hair. She's kind of wearing like this vest sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. And, and the face. <clears throat> so anyway. Okay. Yeah, that, I can see it. That that uh, um, I couldn't get Maud <laughs> out of my mind watching Ricardo Montalban. That's uh, phenomenal. And, <clears throat> but good entertainment, a lot good. of fun. Good. So what I would like to do, I chose this movie to watch specifically because I think it would be really interesting to watch this movie. And then the 2009 reboot of Star Trek. Because as you know, they kept making Star Trek movies, but then they advanced, they made like six movies with the original cast. They made like six movies with the Next Generation cast. Okay. And the last one of that movie just bombed so hard, it lay dormant for like seven or eight years. And then they just wholesale rebooted it. They recast people as the characters from the original series. Chris Pine is playing Captain Kirk, and he is such a far cry from Shatner. Okay. But it, I think, really, really works as a movie, and it's kind of phenomenal. So I'd love to show you the 2009 Star Trek. We're going to skip into Darkness, because it's just kind of a horrible remake of Wrath of Khan. And then... Uh, Beyond from 2016, it plays like an episode of the original series. Cool. And it's a lot of fun. Cool. So if you like, next week I'd love to do the 2009 Star Trek with you. We could not go wrong with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So you get to see like the Absolutely. updated look of the Enterprise oh and and, uh, okay. and Nimoy's in it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, Leonard Nimoy, <clears throat> I only know him as Spock. I'm sure he had a long, healthy uh uh, entertainment career. Oh, he did. He directed I, a bunch of movies. But I he only know him as three Spock. men and a baby. I only know him as Spock. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if you said Leonard Nimoy, it's Spock. That's it. Well, that the, he he grappled with that for a very long time. The popularity of Spock, like his first memoir, was literally called "I Am Not Spock" because he was trying to True. distance yeah. himself. Oh, right. And then, of course, by the time the the '90s roll around, he's like in love with the character and like determined to preserve the. 
the 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 honor of the character. Oh, they had Spock's ears too at the. They at, did at the um, Air and Space Museum oh in my Washington. God. Oh, that was so much fun. And, like, they had a bunch of the ship models, which are, like, five feet across. Yeah. Because you got to get the camera up in those they things. Had, and... They had a tricorder and some other. Uh, and it was just, like, uh, wires and, an, and a, a, a transistor radio or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And the magic of these series is that the actors can sell you on the yes. idea that they're actually speaking into this weird ancient proto flip phone thing yes. that's actually doing flip something. Phone. I had a flip phone. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, so, so by the time the 23rd century ro- uh, rolls around, the Motorola Razor is back. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to add? No, that's it. Up? No, that was fun, and okay. I look forward to the next one. All right, next kick one. ass. All right. Uh, until then, uh, I am HD Lickner on the Twitter, Muscle Nerd Studios on the Instagrams. Thank you to Dr. Sean Monahan for our theme song. And uh, to Paul Taylor at WopsySquare.com for our artwork. Uh, and Dad, take us away. I forgot to mention, too, that okay. when, they, when the theme song began playing at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. classic. Classic. I mean, the Star Wars theme song is classic, but everybody there, knows this. I'm star, yeah, the Star and, Trek. And, and they finished the movie with Nimoy, because, you know, Spock dies in this movie. Spoilers. Yeah, they They finish them. it with um, Space. The final frontier. And Nimoy is doing that to boldly go yes. where no man has gone before. Yes, and it just tribute. like it hits you. The hard. tribute to, to yeah. The song. They they never lose that either. Yeah. Like almost every movie ends with to boldly go yes. where no one that's gorgeous. Cool. Absolutely gorgeous. All right, Dad, take us away. So it's gonna be warm today, uh forties and going up to the fifties here in the mid Atlantic in the United States of America. Uh watch for the mud in the yard and, and um Take care of your dogs and pets, and take care of each other, please. Please. All right.